The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmayne and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter. Look for this show as hashtag agility. Today's topic is the agility stability paradox, and our guest for today's show is Phil Stevens, who is the e- executive vice president and CIO with Army and Air Force Exchange Service. Hi, Phil. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to have you, since you are, uh, you know, basically your organization serves the Army and Air Force Exchange Service. Would love to understand a little bit about your organization. Could you give us an introduction? Yeah, happy to talk about that. Um, First, I, sh- I should call out that while I, I am uh, the CIO for the Army and Air Force Exchange Service, primarily uh, what I talk about today will be my own views as an individual uh, professional and, and retail CIO. But the, uh, the exchange is a uh, retailer uh, that serves uh, exclusively Army and Air Force active duty uh, soldiers and airmen, along with their families, as well as military re- retirees. And so we have uh, locations around the globe, uh, many in the continental United States, al- along with locations in uh, Europe, the Middle East, and, and Asia. Uh, we have multiple formats, including a, a department store format, as well as uh, convenience stores, as well as uh, quick-serve retail and, and other concessions. So we're, we're a really broad-based retailer. Uh, and the other thing that makes us a bit unique is that we're also a part of the Department of Defense. So it's it's kind of unusual. Yeah, so I'm sure you're having fun dealing with such a scale because I'm sure with global locations and you having to uh, deal with the demands. And I'm not sure how much a demanding uh, customer would an Army and Air Force uh, you know, military personnel be. Uh, what, what's your experience working with them? Yeah, so they, they're, they're absolutely, in, in many regards, uh, regular folks. Uh, I mean, they, they have a tremendously important mission, and, and uh, you, you know, we say, and, and we passionately believe we serve the best customers in the world, but, but in many regards, they're, they're just regular people, right? And so when they want to shop, um, they want what everybody wants. And so um, one demographic we serve is the, the young soldiers and airmen. Um, they are, say, 18 to 25. And uh, you know a higher percentage of men than than women in the in the U.S. military, and so uh, that presents its challenges. They are highly mobile; uh, they want to access us uh, via their their mobile phone, uh, via the the internet, um, and and occasionally they come into our stores and you know, of course uh, our our uh, retail locations as well. And then we serve uh, established uh, families. 
and and they have a whole different set of needs. And and then there's the the retiree community, and uh, you know many of them, of course, uh, love to come into our our stores, even though they're retired. It makes them, uh, it reminds them that they're still part of the military family. So um, it's a really really broad customer base. Now this is good to get a uh, background on on the customers, if you will, that you have. Now, let's talk about the topic. So the reason we picked up this topic is because we have been talking, in fact, the whole commercial enterprises, as well as I'm sure in defense, the agility is a big mantra, right? You want to move faster. You want to be able to be nimble so that you can turn on a dime. Now, all that is great, but at the same time, we cannot forego stability to become nimble and or agile because there is both have a specific... Um, you know, both of them are supposed to be there. So now question here is, is this truly a paradox or you say, you know what, I will, I will keep stability as a forefront and agility can tag along whenever it can. Well, what is your, is this a dilemma for you? Yeah, absolutely it is. And I, I think you nailed it. I think every uh, organization today is, is uh, faced with that uh, balancing act. Of, of stability and agility. You know, I, I think on the agility side, e- even companies that might have thought uh, that that wasn't terribly important to their customers really have to deal with it. I mean, for, for us, the pace of change is significantly dictated by outside, uh, outside forces. Uh, you know, as a, as a retailer, we have to react uh, to what other folks are doing in the e-commerce space, whether we want to or not. Uh, and in many cases, you know, as an established company and other established companies, we have to compete with, with folks who, are, who uh, are willing to operate at a loss for a period of time. We don't get to decide that. Uh, it, it happened to us, and, and now we're there. So agility is absolutely a requirement. And yet, as you say, uh, we can't uh, forego the stability. When, when customers walk into our store, uh, when they visit our website, they expect to be able to shop. They expect to be able to browse for, for what they want. Uh, they expect to be able to find information about it and make a, make a purchase. So um, that's got to be there every time or we'll lose their confidence. So it, it is absolutely, as you say, a, a balancing act. Now, when you do try to balance these and whatever percentage of focus and resources that you allocate, all that when you are trying to figure out, what are the top challenges that you face? Is it purely a dollars and cents issues that how much money I put or there are others not as obvious challenges that we should know? Uh, you know, clearly uh, the, the cost is, is one real thing. As, as I said, uh, some of our competitors have substantial budgets, and they don't have the same pressures in, in the short term to make a profit. So it's, it, it's a challenge. I think another important challenge is uh, legacy. My organization is 120 years old, and that's, that's remarkable, uh, but we're not the only retailer. Uh, I've, I previously uh, worked for another large department store uh, that had been actually even older, uh, I talked with some folks from uh, Hudson's Bay before they were acquired. That's a 400-year-old retailer. So we're, we're old but not the oldest, and that means we have legacy systems, uh, systems that were established before the idea of 24 by 7 by 365 operation. Uh, you know, and we're competing with startups that were built for the Internet. And, and so 
you know, that's, that's an element of, of pressure for us, taking these legacy systems and making them available in an Internet age. Um, another thing, platforms. You know, when, when I was a developer, we had C or C++ and some third-party libraries, and that was pretty much it. Now, today, there's the, the broadest array of, of technology, new technology, that we've ever had to face. You know, from you know, the, the consumer-driven world, we've got uh, Windows Desktop and HTML and Android and iOS and Windows Mobile. And then from the, from the developer side, we've got uh, XJS and AngularJS and Sencha or Karma and ASP.NET or Node.js, you know, MySQL and NoSQL. We've never had to deal with so much technology. And at the same time, a lot of that technology is cutting edge. If, if we as a retailer want to differentiate ourselves in this, in this Internet world, um, we have to look at cutting-edge technology, which typically is less mature, and as, as it's less mature, less stable. And so back to, back to your paradox, dealing with that less mature technology, we've got an even greater stability challenge. So what all you just mentioned, if I had done the show in 2006, which is a decade ago, I would still be hearing legacy modernization issue. So this is going to be something we will have to embrace, that technologies are going to change. There will be some less mature, so maybe you can wait for them to mature a little bit. But then we get over that hump so that that doesn't remain an issue. And we start focusing not only on, of course, making sure that the best technology that we could have, mature technology, but also look at the other areas, which could be the organizational structure, the processes, the governance. All of that also does play a role, I'm assuming, in allowing an organization to be agile. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things, and, and uh, uh, I, th- throughout my career, have, have from time to time been a, a customer of Gartner. Uh, and, I, you know, I like a couple of their I- ideas. Um, they're one of, of many organizations that talk about uh, bimodal uh, governance. I, you know, I think it's probably more, more realistically multimodal uh, governance. I also uh, like their uh, pace layering model. Uh, and in the pace layering model, they talk about systems of innovation versus systems of differentiation versus systems of record. And those have uh, varying requirements for agility. And so <clears throat> we at the exchange have had to adopt a, a governance model that scales uh, up and, and down uh, to meet those, those various requirements. So, so you mentioned about the different models that are proposed by a third-party analyst firm, and, and definitely you, you, that could be used as a source of inspiration. But then whatever you try to do, it is, it is a snapshot today. That framework could basically get tweaked tomorrow. What do you stick to? What is, where do you kind of hang your hat at the end of the day? Because this is going to be a moving target too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think in that regard, um, we, we are... Uh, very much an architect-texture-driven organization. We have a combination of a, a technology architect that's our uh, architecture that's our vision for the future, and then you know something I, I will probably talk more about in a few minutes: a capability value stream that is our our vision for the enhancements to that. And and while components of the architecture may plug in or or be removed, the the underlying architecture itself. Is, is designed to be uh, maintained for, for several years. So 
the the architecture is one thing. Now let's let's kind of abstract it a little bit. When you go and talk to your business leaders, who who are supposed to be uh, the face of the organization, and of course they are the ones calling the shots on where we are going to go. They will basically be considering technology as an enabler versus the driver, because Absolutely. they would like to front end with something else. What's that ask of you at the top level in a closed door? That right. would drive you what you do. So we uh, have what we call uh, capability value streams. There are two top-level uh, capability value streams. One is the retail, uh, which is the more uh, customer-facing, customer interaction uh, side of our, our business. And the other is what we call the enterprise capability value stream, which is more the, the back office, all the stuff you need to run an $8.5 billion retailer. Uh, that the customer doesn't necessarily want to care about or know about. And so those capability value streams are, are not, uh, they're not, it's not a list of projects. It's not a list of technologies. It's a list of, exactly as you said, enablers and capabilities that the business needs to grow and, and serve the, the customer. Um, those top-level value streams uh, go into drill-downs, uh, in, in various, so we've got one, for example, a store and payment uh, capability value stream that's a drill down from the, the top-level retail. We've got a logistics capability value stream. And so I work with, with each business unit leader on the, the, the drill down that's relevant to them and the capabilities they need to drive their uh, revenue growth or cost reduction targets, customer service targets. And then uh, I'm the facilitator to bring all of those together into a top-level enterprise vision. And our, our goal is to maintain a three-level look, a th- correction, a three-year look at the, uh, at the capabilities we need to drive the business. Um, though, of course, that's, that's fluid. Uh, and, and the idea of a stream is that it, it can change, and we, we know that. We acknowledge that up front. So that's, that's our approach. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's look at this whole capability that you mentioned, uh, Phil, about, you know, the, the business asks you, is it people dependent? So if I have, instead of you, another leader in another organization, having the request from the business somewhat similar in terms of capability they want, does it become a function of interpretation of how those capabilities that the business wants translates into what IT capability we create. Because that is where, if there's a lack of standards or benchmarks, people could be all over the place, and perhaps they are. So how do we get our arms around that if we have a certain capability being asked by business, it could be translated into somewhat similar form, which is proven, and and, and you have some collective intelligence that is uh, behind it. So you are not going and every time navigating through waters which somebody else has already done so and not repeat the mistakes. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. 
Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, a business capability asks to how IT interprets it and accordingly plans for it. Could this be a science or it will remain an art form? Well, there's, there's always going to be interpretation, and there probably always should be. Um, but our, our approach is to start with strategy, uh, and that is capabilities-based uh, strategy. So the, the business may come to me and say, we want uh, two-day delivery capability for any, any customer order. Um, so that's a capability. We don't know the technology yet. We don't know, you know what project or projects that, that may involve. Um, and so we go from strategy to uh, planning. And our project uh, management methodologies, our financial planning methodologies, are, are probably like uh, many other companies. And so we'll, we'll uh, initially form a, a project around two-day delivery, for example, and then we'll uh, uh, work out an initial scope. What, do we, what exactly does that involve? And then we'll go through, you know, a requirements uh, gathering phase, and we'll we'll look at the options that are available. Uh, along, it's in very close partnership with the business, so it's not just IT off on on our own, but in partnership with the business. And then we'll we'll develop a detailed plan to to deliver it. And then the the third, from uh, strategy to planning, uh, the third tier is execution. And so uh, we manage in in what we call work streams that are a combination of the projects uh, along with uh, the minor enhancements that happen all the time, the routine maintenance type stuff, along with the daily operations. So that's how we translate from strategy to planning to, to execution. So in the, in the real world, we perhaps may not have the luxury to have totally separate team, like you mentioned, multimodal or, or bimodal, right? So, so you have to have same people work a little bit of both sides, which is to help remaining nimble, which is agile, and, and also stability. So let's talk about the, the people or the teams that we create. So while maintaining stability, 
for agility, how do you think we can build capabilities to set up, dissolve, and recreate teams on a, on a regular basis? Because that's what will be the ask. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're spot on. That is the, exactly the ask. And so the approach we've taken at the exchange is uh, what we call a, a services model. Lots of, lots of folks use it. But, you know, in a, in a traditional IT organization, you've got developers who develop and operations folks uh, who, who keep things running. And so the developers tend to push for new features, and the operational folks tend to, to push for stability. Uh, and that tension somehow works itself out. Well, in our services model, we have what we call a services portfolio manager whose responsibility, who's responsible to deliver a, a running business service, such as, for example, logistic systems. Um, they've, they've got to, you know, he's got to have the software, he's got to have the hardware, it's got to run successfully, and he's got to deliver a stream of, of enhancements. And so by giving that one person the responsibility for an operational service with a uh, availability uh, metric, with a performance uh, metric he's got to hit, and with a cost metric he's got to hit, the, the organizational structure itself forces him or her uh, to, to think about balancing agility, the value stream, with stability, the SLAs. So um, now let's talk about the, the metrics or the targets that you may have. You would have different type of uh, metrics, or perhaps you'll have to reset those very metrics because when you move from one capability creation to another, the way you would want to set up the way it is uh, going to have the different targets, it's going to have the different speed, and what's the outcome. All of that fundamentally changes, whereas on the stability size, the stability side, you have to keep them consistent. And because for stability, you have to have people doing the same thing in a, and they keep perfecting it. So that's where they are measured. And what gets measured gets improved. So on one hand, you're trying to have people stick to a specific type of metrics, type of targets, so that they develop that mental muscle, if you will. On the other hand, you're trying to continually change for agility. So we are still humans, if we last remember. How would yeah, you accomplish absolutely. both? Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And uh, most of our metrics are, are very, very familiar to you know anyone else in the IT world. You know, on, on the one hand, the the classic uh, three metrics: uh, availability, uh, and again, it's it's a, a business system in, in operation. So it, it's not just is the is the server up. It's not just is the application up, but it is. Our box is flowing through the distribution center and, and being sent out to customers. So it's business level availability. Um, it's also uh, performance. It's individual user level performance, uh, but also system uh, system level performance. So you know, have I got the you know whatever uh, the, the particular application requirement is, sub second response, for example, uh, for the end user, and then have we. Uh, Got the uh, the performance we need to ensure that from the time gets from the time a box in the warehouse gets from the scanner uh, to the diverter uh, to send it down the the lane to a given store uh, that we correctly process the contents of that box and and decide where it should go. So system level performance and then customer performance uh, are we meeting that? For example, two day delivery uh, requirement. So. Uh, uh, availability, performance, uh, cost. So those are the traditional metrics. And then the other that, that varies a bit 
um, is uh, time to value. And that's where our uh, capability value stream model is, is maybe just a, a little different than, than traditional IT. Um, we want to ensure that the, uh, the time to value is maximized. So each capability that the business request, requests is sized in terms of the estimated value impact, and then we uh, maximize delivery of the highest impact changes first to, to deliver the, the greatest value as soon as possible. So here, when we talked about the the metrics, etc. Now, when you're talking about the decision making that we have to do, and uh, that would that also after some debate, some deliberation, who should essentially take charge of this? Because in this case, you are doing different type of discussions than someone who is trying to bring stability to the organization. But at the end of the day, you got the same set of managers, unless otherwise you earmark that, okay, these managers are going to talk about or, or, or deliver agility and these other stability, you're literally trying to have them split brains. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And so, uh, you know, I, I think I, I look at that in really two parts. There's one, the, the business part of how uh, decisions get made, and then there's the, the internal part, and, and they, they relate, but they're, they're different. On, on the business side, I mentioned that we've got top-level uh, capability value streams, retail and enterprise. And um, there is a, a, a corporate committee inside the exchange that owns those, those top-level value streams. It is the, the senior executives of, of the company own those value streams. And so if we want to make a change to those top-level value streams, that group has to approve. But then below that, there are drill-downs. Uh, and so, for example, whether it's logistics, whether it's store and payment, um, whether it's uh, credit, uh, the the respective business leaders uh, own the drill down, and they've got significant tactical flexibility in terms of determining the exact schedule, the priorities, uh, and adding uh, and and changing to those those value streams. So, I would like to think we've achieved the right balance of strategic coordination and then tactical flexibility. So that, I, I think, works pretty well. On the IT side, what we've really done with our uh, portfolio managers is w- we tell them very very literally and directly, you are the, the CEO of a small business. You have a, a well-defined uh, customer, though internally we, we don't talk about internal customers. We really focus on business partners. But you've got this internal customer, uh, you've got to meet their demands. Your customer uh, needs capabilities delivered. They've got performance expectations. They've got availability expectations, and they've got a budget. So your job as the, the CEO of this small business is to deliver to that customer's expectations. We've got an enterprise architecture. You've got to fit within that. We've got technology standards. You've got to follow those. But fundamentally, it's your job as the portfolio manager to make that happen. So again, it's it's really delegation and pushing down. So one is to tell them what to do, but another is to accept it wholeheartedly. Um, we are not truly in a command and control type of enterprise anymore, right? So we we yeah. these are knowledge workers and Absolutely. a manager. So so what is your approach besides laying out that this is a structure? Go ahead and make that happen to have them come on board, because what you're essentially trying to do is to get them out of their comfort zone where there is sometimes lack of structure or 
they're asked to think outside of the box. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. I mean, many of us uh, have grown up in the uh, the IT field, and we're used to either being a developer or an operations guy or a DBA, uh, you know, whatever whatever the case may be. And now, instead of delivering X uh, software enhancements, we're we're asking you to deliver a service and a stream of enhancements that will provide value. So you're you're absolutely right. It's it's getting them out of their their comfort zone, and it it's really uh, one, it's not overnight, uh, that you don't flip a light switch, unfortunately. Um, it, it is a combination of coaching and training. Uh, it is a combination of, of mentoring and partnership. Uh, IT senior management, business senior management, and these portfolio managers, we, we meet uh, regularly. I, uh, I and my business uh, peers will we'll meet with the portfolio managers individually on a monthly basis. Um, we'll talk with them about our expectations, what they need of us, what we uh, need from them. And uh, it, it's really been a process of, of development and growth for these portfolio managers because, exactly as you said, this isn't uh, the old way of doing IT. Okay, so when we are looking at the stability, the traditional processes that we have are far more integrated. And for agility, we might have to decouple uh, or purposely build a modular stack, if you will, which can be pulled apart or put in different combinations on a dime. And, and that's what will allow agility to happen. So can we really say we are going to have stability and agility among the same set of processes uh, inherent by the way you design them. I and this would be an interesting one to explore, but please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and con uh, you know, continue the conversation. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit BlackBerry.com forward slash enterprise. 
You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So traditional processes are far more integrated when we talk about, talk about um, stability. But then for agility, you got to decouple them or think about them as modular or even create them as modular. Now, we have to be able to do this in a balanced manner for the agility-stability paradox to be effectively addressed. What's the secret sauce here? I'm not uh, re- religious about uh, best-of-breed versus, uh, you know, versus buying a, an integrated uh, package. Um, you know, at, at the exchange, um, we're probably, uh, you know, lean more toward the, the best-of-breed approach, and so even you know for our enterprise systems we have a relatively decoupled model and we use uh middleware uh, to to connect those various uh, separate systems and that that middleware scales from enterprise level systems talking to uh to services and and down to to microservices and so we are relatively decoupled you know, for for other enterprises that buy you know entirely into one family of products, I, I think that can work for them. I know other retailers who who uh, buy largely into the Oracle uh, set of products, for example, or an NCR family of products, and I think that's that can be a great approach. And and then integration is is less of a, of, of a critical uh, issue, but. For us and with our architecture, um, we absolutely lean toward the, the decoupled. And when you go for the decoupled, when you say uh, we're going to go, you're in a way saying, okay, I'm going to put a stake in the ground saying we will go the agile route. Does stability suffer? Well, it, it can't. Uh, and so uh, I, I, while on the one hand, it, it is, of course, absolutely true that it's a balancing act, stability and, and agility. Um, put another way, though, I would say uh, it's not one or the other. They're both design requirements, and, and we've got to sol- you know, come up with a solution that solves for both. So, yeah, there, there absolutely is a tension there. And so in, in the decoupled model, we, we certainly have to do uh, a lot more uh, integration testing, a lot more system level testing, uh, than if we went with a more you know m- monolithic package oriented approach. Coming to um, the agility, we have to make decisions real time, and that too, those decisions are not just you know a report, but essentially something actionable that you could deploy right away. And then at the same time, you want to make sure that those real-time changes at no point go and disrupt what people are used to, the predictable processes that we are running, and an already assigned workforce. How do you achieve both? Yeah, that's, it's, it's a real challenge, and uh, something you, you alluded to earlier plays in. Um, and so, uh, again, our model is uh, strategy, plan, execute, so at the at the strategy level, we have uh, value streams that describe what we should be doing. We have plans that that take that down into a, a, a series of steps that need to be executed, and all of those things lay into what we call work streams. Uh, those work streams include projects, uh, but they also include uh, what we internally call SRs, a service request. And so I want this small change. Uh, I, I want. Uh, 
you know, the system to behave this way. And then operational efforts. Uh, it's time to update tax tables. It's time uh, to update the employee performance system. And so uh, pr- projects, initiatives, and, and operational efforts are all captured in these, these work streams. And by, by working within IT and with our bus- business partners with agreed-upon value streams, what we should be doing, and work streams, what we are doing, um, we reduce the risk that, that somebody's going to do something uncoordinated and, and impact other, other projects or, or efforts. But, you know, to, to a point that you made earlier, um, we, we wish the, we had the luxury on every system to have entirely separate uh, support organizations and entirely separate uh, new project uh, organizations. That's, that's not the case. Uh, it tends to be for us that for our more mature systems, what you know, in, in one model is called uh, a system of record, um, we've got mostly a support organization with a, a relatively minimal uh, enhancement and development capability, and then in again, what according to that same model is called a systems of innova- system of innovation, you've got largely a new development capability with more minimal support, and so um, by trying to find the right balance of new development and support, and by using the work streams as as the common ground to bring those two groups together, I'd like to think we're mostly successful in balancing stability and agility. So we know that agility is going to somehow cannibalize uh, stability or introduce risk. So what would be a formula for, say, in your organization, in your context, that how much risk are you willing to take? Because there will be risk, right? Because you're moving away from a stability-based approach to making it more on-demand and also with the same set of resources. So at the end of the day, when you say you're reasonably successful, and of course it's not a perfect science, so that means somewhere, something, and I'm not taking plate painting a negative picture, trying to understand how much risk it's okay for an organization and its corresponding IT to right. embrace for them to achieve this balance. Yeah, it's a fantastic question. And, you know, on, for example, the information security front, we are very uh, risk-aware and, you know, we, we have risk thresholds. There are risks we're willing to take and risks we're not. On a more operational and business-focused front, it's, it's a little different than that. Um, again, we go back to uh, the service level agreements, the uh, availability uh, and, and performance. And so the, the business has uh, a value stream they, they want us to deliver, and we've got uh, availability and performance expectations along with cost that we've, we've got to hit. And so as we plan those enhancements to deliver the value stream, um, we look to do that in a way that maintains uh, the availability and performance. We're not always successful. Uh, sometimes we have uh, unexpected uh, outages, and then you know we go back after the fact. Uh, well, first we we operate very closely with our business partners. We you know communicate very very transparently as events unfold uh, and after the fact in, in reporting. Um, but after the fact, we'll, we'll go back and we'll do a deep dive uh, root cause and, and update our, our processes and, tr- and try not to let that happen again. Um, but it's, it's not so much a, f- a formula as a, as a target, uh, an SLA that we're trying to achieve. 
Now, before you introduce uh, this whole agility component into an otherwise stable environment, and of course, this has already happened, so maybe it's hindsight 2020, and you can relate to it, what changes did you have to make? What expectations you had to set and reset for the people below you and the people above you so that you could get this paradox handled? Yeah, you know, great, great question. Um, uh, on the the business partner side, so outside of, of IT, um, there were some silos in, in every organization I've ever been in, uh, in including uh, currently, uh, there were some silos we had to, to talk our way through. Um, you know, business leaders tend to have a, a relatively well-defined area of responsibility, um, but it's got connectivity uh, to many other really important things. And in order to deliver a business service, all of that has got to be working. Um, and, and so uh, talking through the, those silos and, uh, and then inside of IT, uh, again, our people have tended historically to have responsibility for either development or operations, not both, in delivering a service. And so the, the transformation on the IT side was, was really about uh, coming to grips with this services model and uh, you know, finding portfolio managers who had the mindset to be the CEO of a small business, uh, who could understand the customer requirement, develop a plan to deliver that requirement, and then deliver it uh, in a cost-effective way on an ongoing basis. And and so, uh, you know, we've been fortunate that our our managers have made that transition. They've made the adjustment, um, but again, it wasn't wasn't necessarily uh, their first intuition. Now, here, um, whatever you just mentioned um, in terms of the stability and uh, you going and working with the people within IT, but then here, the agility and stability is actually spanning the business context versus just IT. So that means you will not be uh, just IT, and that means you will be in an influencing position versus in a controlling position. So how could you kind of lead from the middle while you're the top doc on the IT side, but you're essentially trying to make an impact on the business where you don't have 100% control over? Right. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, very, very few uh, uh, CIOs have the, the luxury of also uh, being the CEO. So ab- absolutely true. And um, that, that's where I'm, I'm fortunate, of course, in the first place, uh, um, you know, the, the CEO of the exchange, our, our uh, director, is an amazing man uh, who, who really gets uh, the importance, uh, and, and especially now in, in history, uh, the importance of, of technology in terms of, of the retail business. Uh, so having the CEO's understanding is helpful. And then I got his buy-in, as, as well as our entire executive group's buy-in, to this concept of value streams. And so... You know, for the first time when, when we first delivered these value streams, we had a common picture of what we as an organization were, were trying to achieve. And the executive group said, yes, that's, that's what we want to do. And so if a, if a person changes something at that top-level roll-up, if a person says, well, I'm, I'm responsible for logistics and I want to do it this way, we, we've got a mechanism to, to facilitate that discussion. And, and I'm fortunate uh, on most days and, and other days less so that the CEO has asked me to be the, the facilitator of, of that discussion, um, but, you know, kind of the keeper of the value streams. 
So what is it that we as a company want to do, and how do we integrate new requirements to that? What has to get pushed out? Um, you know, what are the what are the priorities? So I, I'm not the decision maker by any means, but but I I am the facilitator of the discussion. So at your in your case, you were lucky, I would call, where you have a great leader who on the business side who you can interface with, build strategies together, etc. Not not everyone can claim that, but they still have to be able to support this agility-stability paradox. So do they just give up, or are there other strategies they have where they can influence effectively yeah. along you know, the business line, not just IT? Yeah, I, you are, you're absolutely right. I, I acknowledge uh, I am truly lucky and, and blessed, uh, and, and sometimes it is more hard uh, to, to come to you know, an agreement, uh, what do we need. And my, my experience there is, is really that uh, smart people looking at the same set of facts will usually uh, come to the same ultimate decision about, about what needs to get done. And if they're, if they're not agreeing, uh, on uh, w- what we should do, it's possibly because one of them has either a, a different set of facts they're operating from or a different set of priorities. Um, and, and that's where, uh, as the CIO, my job is to, to draw out those facts. You know, how, how are you making that conclusion? How are you, how are you getting there? Uh, and is there something you know that I don't or that we, you know, the rest of the business don't? Uh, and you know, then in terms of priorities, you know, I, absolutely, I have an operational responsibility, and in some sense, that's my top priority. And each business leader does. Um, but ultimately, we're all here uh, for the the corporate mission. Uh, and we're, I'm again very, very fortunate uh, to be in an organization that is very mission focused. And if anybody gets confused momentarily, you know, if I think oh, technology is the most important thing, somebody will will shake me out of it and say, you know, we, we serve uh, the best customers in the world, soldiers, airmen, and their, and their families. That's our mission, and, you know, I'll, I'll come too. Or other business leaders, you know, we, we all ultimately agree on that's the mission we're, we're serving. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back, and let's talk about the very people who work with us, that is, the employees of an organization. So... While we are trying to build our business, which is customer-centric, and we want to add most value, but everyone who comes to the office thinks about where they work, what they work on, authority they have, and how whatever they do on a given uh, day or on an extended period of time is going to align to their career growth or is going to support their overall performance improvement. Where, Where we are trying to get is... We are trying to put the customer first and employee second, but the very fact that you have to do most of the answers that you provided, Phil, today are essentially where people internally have to be the one who have to change their mindset and or have to go the extra mile. But if the alignment is not to them, then how would you achieve the goal which are going to help the customer? So the big question here is, should the employee come first above customer in order to achieve this agility stability paradox. Please stay tuned listeners, we'll be right back.
business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So whatever we discussed today, while processes or technology improvements or dealing with the business, all of that involves people and our internal people, that is employees. Why would they want to go beyond their comfort zone and or try to go to bat for you as a leader if it's not in alignment with what they want to do when they come to office and overall in their career? So should we and are we focusing on our employees first in order to serve the customers as an end goal? Yeah, that that's a, a really, really important question, and, and I think uh, one that that all of us you know need to spend time on and, and strike the right uh, balance, find the right approach. You know, I, I would say uh, for the exchange, um, we passionately believe uh, and frequently remind ourselves we we serve the best uh, customers in the world, and it's so much part of of who we are, uh, and so much part of what we do. Um, that I, I think if I had to pick one of those things, em, employees first or, or customers first, I, I would say we all, uh, because of our mission, we put our customers first. Now, that said, our, our corporate motto is family serving family. Um, we, we absolutely, we, we say it every day. We mean it. Um, it's not just a platitude. Um, by that, we mean it is our work family serving our military family you know, and when we at the exchange talk about our work family, um, we're not completely unusual. I, I've worked uh, for other retailers, and, and you know, many of folks had long tenure, uh, and talk with my peers in the retail CIO community, and, and they've got employees with you know thirty and forty years of service, and, and so do I. Um, but uh, as as DoD employees. Um, many of us know that we're going to be with this organization for our career. It, it's a it's a kind of a lifetime choice and a lifetime commitment, and that means, you know, we we all 
care about each other. These are these are the people we're going to be working with for decades. Um, in some cases, literally generations. Uh, I've got a number of folks in my organization that are third generation exchange. Uh, their grandparents uh, were exchange employees. Their parents were exchange employees, or a parent was an exchange employee, and, and they're an exchange employee. And so, you know, these folks aren't going to let the company down. They're not going to let their family down. Uh, you know, they're they're going to deliver and they're going to do what it takes. So, you know, for us, uh, that balance is I would like to think a little more natural. Uh, it's our work family and it's our military family, and and we're here to to serve with uh, both. Now, if you talk leadership and uh, the culture of the organization, of course, this has to be fundamentally aligned to achieve whatever we want to achieve. And in this case, we're talking about the the agility-stability paradox. So what changes we would need to make as organizations? So, of course, everyone is in, in middle of this in, to some extent, including yourself. So what changes fundamentally in your thinking that you're bringing what changes in the people who are other leaders and managers you you are collaborating with have to bring in themselves in order for us to have the right type of team which could enable this uh, change where you will have a good balance between agility and stability right i I think you know our uh, organization over history uh, as as other organizations uh, has had some silos um, and, and some of that had to do with our military heritage, where uh, our former military commanders, uh, now a civilian director, changed every couple of years. And so uh, the leaders of various business functions had to operate very independently, knowing that they would have a new boss in 18 months or, or two years. Um, you know, so we, we've had these, these silos, and the, the change that's really needed to happen is that while we've always... Uh, supported the corporate mission, we haven't always been as clear about what is the corporate strategy, what is the agreed-upon integrated strategy. And so developing these capability value streams that we all buy into as a team and we agree, yes, that is how you do our mission. We need that value stream to deliver our mission. And some of it will be in uh, the favor of my group and some of it won't be but that's what we as a company need. So that was one cultural shift that needed to happen. You know, not Again, not so much tearing down silos as getting people to agree on a strategy that crosses silos. You know, and then inside of IT, it's, it's very much been a shift of mindset from delivering a product that we can throw over the wall, like a software uh, enhancement, to delivering a service that has to actually work and it has to work on an ongoing basis, and I own that. Uh, and, and so it's, it's really been a, a transformation from an IT perspective as well. Any last message that you would say, a sentence, if you will, which you would offer as a, as a form of inspiration and or motivation to other people who are trying to dabble in this agility-stability paradox uh, issue? You know, there, there is no uh, silver bullet. Um, so keep talking with your business partners, keep talking with your IT team, uh, and, and you'll, you'll get through it. It's all about collaboration. On behalf of our show and the listeners, I'd like to really thank you, Phil, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations and its people can come together, realign themselves, rethink what they do every day 
to essentially uh, and effectively uh, address this agility stability paradox. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. And listeners, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, like us on Facebook, search for CTN, that is CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn community. Thank you again for listening to CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.